Somebody says you better let go Cause they said so But I can never let this thing go Don't they even know what that means They call me obscene Say I wear my faith on my sleeve But I ain't here to seek no glory In the story I know the judge in the show What's up everybody? Thank you for tuning back in. I'm your host, Austin Carnes, and this is the Keeping It Real podcast. So I want to go, well, I, I feel like I've said this before, I want to go a different direction than what we've normally gone, and this really is a different direction. It's more of, rather than me just teaching you something, it's more of a opening up your brain and giving you a little bit of a different perspective that I'm trying to do. Give you something to think about. And this topic is called Relatable Jesus. So I know you're probably thinking, what's Relatable Jesus? And I want to talk about how Jesus and God and I guess the Bible as well, is relatable. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So you'll have a better understanding as we go along in this podcast. John 21, verses 24 through 25, and this is John speaking, says, This is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. I've said that to say this. If Jesus lived here for 33 years and had a three-year ministry, and that first passage says, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Then let me give you a perspective here. If Jesus did all of these amazing things, just imagine what all he, what all other things he did off the record. Sometimes we read these stories of Jesus and it's just words on a page. No real relativity. We just, oh, well, wow, that's cool that Jesus did that. And we just don't think about things. We don't allow God or the Holy Spirit to creatively, or should I say, creatively shape and see things in a more relative light. We think that the Bible isn't relative to us, is what I'm saying. But the people in the Bible, including Jesus, were just as human as we are. And I know this is more of a 21st century Westerner thought, what I'm fixing to say. But I've always imagined that Jesus probably had a good sense of humor. Now, have you ever watched The Passion of the Christ? Have you ever watched the scene where he and Mary, his mom, were acting like they were sitting on chairs at a table and started laughing and cutting up? I've always thought that this really was how Jesus was. 
full of joy and good humor. I mean, come on. Twelve guys and Jesus, and you think there wasn't a single practical joke or good humor or just laughing and enjoying life? Now, I can't tell you scripturally that's the way it was. There were a lot of seriousness, too. I mean, the Bible shows that, obviously. But I'm speaking about what was off the record. I can tell you this. Jesus was 100% God, but he was 100% man as well. Watch, I'll show you. Jesus had many different human emotions and feelings and natural functions that he dealt with. Jesus got angry. Matthew 21, verses 12 through 13 says, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. Do you think, honestly, do you think that Jesus went in there and barely made sure the table didn't hit hard on the floor and said, Please go... Go out of here. Go on, shoot. No, he, he went in there. He was mad. He was angry because they defiled the house of God. He flipped tables. He ran people out. I imagine he was probably pretty angry. Now, another emotion. Jesus cried. It says in John 11, 33-38, and let me give you a bit of a background here. This is a story of Jesus and Lazarus. I won't go into all the details, but you know the story. Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, had died. Jesus came to them. They said, Lord, if you had just been here sooner. And he ended up raising Lazarus from the dead. But I want to bring your attention to this passage of Scripture. John 11, 33, verses 38. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping... And the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone laid against it. Now, I want to bring your attention to two things that showed Jesus' humanity. In this passage, twice it said he groaned. He groaned in the Spirit. And the other one says he groaned within himself, or in himself. Now, what does that mean? So, have you ever had something happen and you just went... I mean, that's that's what it was. He just groaned like, uh, just groaned within himself because of what he was going through emotionally at that moment. Also said Jesus wept. He he cried. He he broke down in tears. Another another human function that we see in the Bible. It says Jesus got thirsty. While he hung on the cross, Jesus in John 19, verse 28, says, after it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were not now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. 
Another thing, Jesus got sleepy. Matthew 8, 23-24 says, Then Jesus got into a boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. He got tired. I mean, think of how hard Jesus worked, how much he traveled, how how often he ministered. And I imagine he probably got really tired. He, he slept. I think sometimes we forget that Jesus was as human as we are. Now, he was 100% God. He was the Son of God, as I said earlier. But... He, another thing I want to show here, he also never sinned. He was tempted as we are, but he didn't sin. He still dealt with the human emotions and problems and temptations. Jesus was relative. God is relative. We shouldn't look at the scriptures as if it's completely unrelated to us today. Now, we should also be mature in our understanding of this as well. We shouldn't allow our minds to get twisted into believing a lie. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to he wants to give you a little something, a little lie, a little twist in the scripture, and he allows you to just run with it if you let it. And what do I mean by that? Well, we shouldn't think that well, so what? I got an attitude at work the other day. Jesus was human too. Well, so what? I got a little road rage in the car. Jesus was human too. I'm sure he probably got mad when somebody cut him off riding on his camel. Or, well, so what? I, I mean, you fill in the blank. Now, Jesus did understand. As I said, he dealt with emotions too. But, again, he did not sin. Remember, he was 100% God and sinless. But I do want to draw your attention to both of those things here. He did go through the same temptations we all face without sin. Hebrews 4, 15-16 says, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, there we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And Hebrews 5, 1-2 says, Every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins. And he is able to deal, with gentle, deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses. You ever wonder... What Jesus went through in his life between birth and age 30. Jesus had a three-year ministry. But you ever wonder what happened in his life up until that point? Now, we see bits and pieces. We see when he was born. And we see very shortly when he was a kid and he was in the temple talking with some of the religious leaders at the time. But nothing really else is said about his life in between. I wonder what teenage Jesus went through. You think he dealt with the same peer pressures? Hey Jesus, come on, let's let's go let's go 
do this, that, and the other, or get into some mischief. You ever wonder what he was like when he was in his 20s? I imagine Jesus probably was, he probably was educated. I can't prove that scripturally, but he probably went to school and was educated and thing, things of that nature. I, I don't, I don't know. But again, it said that he faced all the same testings we did, yet he did not sin. We see temptations Jesus went through in Matthew 4 when he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. And then the devil was tempting him. So let me draw two conclusions here as a, as a side note then. God understands our weaknesses, reiterating the scriptures Jesus that I just read. But being that, Jesus was sinless and didn't fall into these temptations. He also expects us to do our very best to do what's right. This isn't just, well, God understands my struggles. Sure he does. But he's also looking at us saying, hey, you know what? I understand. I understand what you're going through. I understand the weaknesses you face. I understand your emotions and what you're feeling. But I expect you to do your very best each and every day to carry your cross and follow me to put down that flesh, those temptations. Say, you know what? No, I'm not going to follow those things because greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And I want to please God and glorify him. So I know this has been a bit of an off track podcast from what we normally do. But I really just wanted to get you thinking, change your perspective a little bit. Or not change it, but just give you a different perspective. Rather than unrelated, traditional, old stories, fables, whatever you think about these stories in the Bible, I want you to see how relative, real, and applicable the Bible is and the stories are. God is a God that's relative and real. And by that, I mean authentic. God keeps it real. I know in this podcast, we've been all about keeping it real. God keeps it real. Jesus kept it real. Let this sink in and open your brain a bit to a different perspective of the Word of God. Let God take hold and creatively shape your perspective to His Word. He will if you ask Him. Ask God to help you as you read His Word to have a better understanding and a deeper grasp grasp of the reality of Scripture. It's not some hard-to-understand old tradition, but a practical reality. I've always been a bit of a realist myself. In the same way, I believe the Bible is practical, applicable, and relatable, as was Jesus. And that is what I mean by relatable Jesus. I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. I hope it gives you a little bit of something to think about this week. I hope you guys have a blessed rest of your week. Again, thank you for being a part of the Keeping It Real podcast. God bless you guys.